the person I talked to on the phone, he said they accredit a thousand institutions. The accrediting agency for my current school accredits 100 institutions. And wow. I can, um, can hardly imagine that they can keep track of that. Right. Um, so the accrediting agency, I, it's just, it blew my mind. I can believe it. A thousand. And they only listed on their website, 260 official schools that they accredit. So hmm. a thousand institutions are accredited through this organization run out of a small, um, four square church. Anyways, I just, uh, question legitimacy of it, uh, from the beginning and they are listed the, these, and actually I looked at Pagani's most recent degree, um, and from Pentecostal Theological University and their institution, their accrediting institution is also on the list that you unearthed a while ago, fake colleges and accrediting agencies. I just looked in that today. Yeah. It just took me a few clicks, honestly. So, um, all that to say, uh, these accrediting agencies are definitely, uh, spurious in, in some way or another and, uh, illegitimate, um, for the most part now they're legitimately organizations and they definitely accredit those schools, but you're not receiving a degree that is, has the rigor behind it of the U S department of education checking to make sure that you get a rigorous academic degree. Does that make sense? So yeah. The Department of Education is not our enemy. They're just trying to make sure that your degree that you get is rigorous. It's academically astute. It's 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 powerful. It has the an, an academic substance to it. And you're not writing a 65-page paper for your doctoral dissertation. Um, yeah. Mine has to be minimum 30, 350 pages. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Six Scribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Six Scribe. Okay, guys, welcome to my podcast for this week. So I'm doing a video recording, and I'm really excited to have on a brother and friend, um, brother in Christ and friend, uh, Richard Moore. He is actually a part of a project that uh, we are hoping will come out in the very near future. It's American Gospel, Spirit and Fire. And uh, we're having a really interesting conversation today about Bible college credentials. And if you remember several months ago, I did a podcast episode about Bible college credentials. And the reason why it piqued my interest was because I personally have um, questionable, to say the least, questionable Bible college credentials. So I have this one framed. I'll just show you real quick. And this stays in my oh. closet. Yeah, it stays in my closet. I don't have it up on the wall anymore. Um, but this was my doctor of theology that I got from the Bible college I attended years ago in the local church that I was part of. Uh, if you see back here, that's a real doctorate. So I actually have a doctorate in veterinary medicine that I've worked my tail off for. And um, I practiced medicine for 10 years and now I stay at home and I homeschool our daughter. And uh, Lord willing, I'll be homeschooling our son when he's old enough. But at any rate, um, Richard has um, some insight into this. There's There was an individual that I looked at, Alexander Pagani, that you may be familiar with. If you've paid attention to my podcast, I've covered him several times for his deliverance teachings and such, but um, it piqued my interest because he and Isaiah Saldivar both claimed that they went to Bible college on different 
uh, shows. Isaiah Saldivar talked about it on Remnant Radio. And uh, I asked a question about a year ago on the YouTube video, wanting to know, because he kept saying that he had a bachelor's in theology. And so someone answered and told me the name of the Bible college. And when I looked it up, I was kind of shocked because I thought, well, if this is in fact correct, um, th this is questionable because of the courses they offered, the accreditation was in question based on some research I had done. And even the staff, it was Chuck Pierce, Cindy Jacobs, Lance Wallnow, other people that were major red flags for like the new apostolic reformation teachings and beliefs. So Richard and I have been talking about this because like I said, he's been doing some detective work and finding out some more information. And we felt like this would be a good topic to talk about today because of the rise of um, supernatural schools of ministry and things that are coming up very popular, such as at Bethel and IHOP and, and others, and really drawing some attention to this and, and uh, talking about why this matters, because it does matter on, on several different levels, especially when you have legitimate doctorates. And Richard's going to tell you a little bit about himself in a minute and why he's I'm qualified to talk about this as well. So we're going to have a good discussion today. I hope that you learn a lot from it. Um, we're not here to mock anybody or to belittle anyone, but we want to draw attention to this and have a fruitful discussion about it so that you can know the concerns that are out there. So Richard, thank you for coming on here. And I would love for you to tell people about yourself. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Don. Um, my name is Richard Moore. I've been a missionary in uh, Germany for nine years, and uh, I, I, I really balk at saying this or bringing these up, but I, my degrees, I bring them up for the reason uh, what we're talking about today. I have a, hold a Bachelor of Science uh, in Youth and, and Theology from Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. I also hold a Master of Arts. I did not do the MDiv, so I didn't do all the languages because I had done those in Bible college. So I was like, I don't want to double those up. Why do I need to do that? So I did an MA, uh, Master of Arts in Leadership and for Evangelism and Discipleship. And I am currently a PhD. Oh, sorry. That was also at Columbia International University. And I'm currently doing a PhD uh, PhD candidate uh, right now. I've just handed in my doctoral dissertation uh, approval. So whew, thank goodness for that. So now I'm on to the writing phase, hopefully, if they uh, approve my dissertation proposal. Uh, so yeah, I've got uh, three kids with my German wife. Uh, we live in southern, southwestern uh, Germany, and uh, evangelism, church planting, um, now theology. I'm a sort of an accidental theologian. Um, and uh, I, I was a youth pastor for 25 years. Um, and, you know, I never, I really a youth pastor type. I don't, <laughs> never thought of myself as a theologian anyway. Um, just sort of uh, seeing the needs and seeing uh, different things happen. Um, and, and so after being here for about four or five years, sorry for a long introduction, but this all relates, I think, today. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I did a, uh, wrote a book called Divergent Theology because I was noticing this movement that was coming in that was somewhat familiar, but still like, I wasn't sure. So I looked into it and, and uh, the New Apostolic Reformation, which is what you deal with quite a bit on your show. Mm-hmm. And um, as well, the uh, Bethel, I sort of, so I sort of took Bethel as a 
sort of a prototype of the NAR and 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 what what all those theolo- theologies concern. And so I did a wrote a book on uh, some of their uh, main theological underpinnings. So uh, I wrote that. And then most recently, which is what we'll relate to today, I, I wrote an article for the World Evangelical Alliance. World Evangelical Alliance, uh, the Evangelical Review of Theology. The article's title was called "The New uh, The New Apostolic Reformation and Its Threat to Evangelicalism." So, just real quick, I I highlighted in that paper uh, Wagner, C. Peter Wagner, is sort of the, the the de facto founder of the New Apostolic Reformation. He coined that phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, there were no academic requirements for entrance into institutions, and he called it the apostolic impartation educational paradigm. So um, that relates to our uh, uh, work today, because I looked into some of these training institutions that we won't deal with today, but uh, but they don't have really accreditation. Now, those gr- those groups and those schools admit they don't have accreditation, like Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. They admit it up front, to be fair to them. Um, IHOP and other schools like that, they admit we don't have any accreditation up front, but the schools we look at today, they claim accreditation. So it's very interesting. We'll look at the the details on that today, but um, Wagner's paradigm, uh, he he sort of came up with this as far as I gather um, to try to train people in impartation and apostolic uh, uh, ministry. Um, And so these schools that he came up with Wagner leadership Institute was one of them. Yeah. I and covered award- that one in the, in the episode I did. Yeah. That's right. Wagner leadership yeah. Institute does award doctoral degrees, but there's no, at the beginning, I don't know now, but at the beginning of his, of founding that school, there was no academic uh, requirements for entrance. Hmm. So, um, and, and now they award doctoral degrees. Uh, I think of Brian Simmons, for instance, has a, a doctoral degree in prayer from Wagner Leadership Institute. Right. So um, just as a background, that that's that's sort of why I, I've spent um, way too much time in education. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, um, but uh, that's <laughs> that's my background. Um, and I'm currently a Ph.D. student, which is why I probably have um, qualification to speak to uh, what we're going to discuss today. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that. I know um, where we talked a little bit about, um, even with the training that I had as um, yeah. getting into veterinary medicine, it's different. Um, a professional right. doctorate is different than an academic doctorate. It, it's still a lot of work. Either way, sure. you're putting in a lot of work, a lot of time. Um, a dissertation is a is a huge thing to, to yeah. an endeavor to tackle. Um, I did not have to do a dissertation for those just just so you know, from my perspective, those are listening with the professional uh, doctorate that I have, um, I have four years of undergraduate. So I have a bachelor's of science in biology. And then I had four years of medical school. Um, So, and and then my fourth year, my final year was a full year of rotation. So three week long rotations from May to May. Um, And even in my undergrad where I went to undergrad, which was, um, it was a local school. Um, an accredited school, by the way, a liberal okay. arts college. But I got my ba- bachelor's in science and my for their department in biology, I had to pass an oral or exam based yeah. on four years of, yeah. of my uh, education there in order to get my right. bachelor's. So when I look at that, and then now let I me ask you a question it. with that. Yeah. How, how long was all that education from bachelor's all the way through your 
you're receiving your doctor MD, I guess, right? Uh, in, in, in veterinary medicine, right? They call it a DVM. Um, okay. It's a doctor of veterinary medicine. So it was eight years. Yeah. Eight um, years because, mm -hmm. from yeah. bachelor, including bachelor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. a lot of times with these vet schools, for example, which is even more competitive than human medicine, a lot of times um, people that are trying to get into vet school will actually give up and go to human medicine because there's far fewer schools. I think there's maybe 30 now in the United States uh, yeah. vet schools. Um, it's very competitive. It's far more competitive than human medicine is. Um, we always tease and said that uh, real doctors treat more than one species. But um, so it, it, I say that not to brag, but just to kind of give an idea oh, yeah. uh, because I didn't get in the first time in vet school either. And I'm not ashamed to say that I, I had a bunch of training and everything as far as experience, but I did not get in my first time because it was competitive. And then the second time I got into the school of my choice, and then I got into an out of state school, I got into yeah. Auburn, which is even harder to oh, get wow. into, uh, because they only take yeah. 10 people a year at the time for the out of state. So the pool is more right. competitive. But um, so you have that. And so I, I got my doctorate in 2006. And then yeah. I was still part of the local church I was part of. And then I got my doctorate um, in Bible college. Yeah. In, two, in two, 2013. And this okay. was just, I didn't show you this, but this was the paper okay. that I wrote in order to get it. It's titled The Legacy of Smith Wigglesworth, A Retrospective Look of His Ministry and Walk with God. Is it okay if I snicker at that? Um, you can, you can, because he. I, sad to say, did, did he was Smith one of Wiggles my heroes. Have a legacy. <laughs> yeah, and what what you what is interesting now, Richard, looking at this, and it's really sad because, uh, the, and my point in saying all that is, I know how much work went into that, and yeah. then I look and I think, oh well, there was a lot of work that went into this, but really there wasn't, and and even okay. to write a eighty, I think it was like a, hold on, it was a, how long was this paper? It had 80, to be up 80. to. A 67 page paper that I wrote oh, okay. for this. And the bibliography is um it's biased. Like the bibliography. It's all God's general God's generals. Yes, uh, quotes, and right? it's people yeah. that are using just uh anecdotal stories that can't be yeah. proven and right. they're recycling all of these. So it wasn't even based in truth. And so my point in saying that to those listening is that um there is a huge difference between someone that's getting a legitimate doctorate, whether it's a professional medicine or it's theology or whatever it is, that there's a lot of time invested. There's a lot of legitimate training that goes into that. And then when yeah. you're in this movement, and I, I think I've made this pretty clear before. I mean, I was entrenched in this movement for 18 years. And so, you know, I, I focused, which I have a, just to make it lighthearted, I have my, trust me, I'm a doctor shirt on today <laughs> just for this, this episode, but Dr. Pepper is it is. Stuff. And I used to I used to laugh and think, oh, I have two doctorates now. And this is not a legitimate doctorate that I got because this is not a dissertation that I did. This is a right. a, a long term research paper that's biased on these these uh, books that I had that were biased towards Wigglesworth, yeah. who sad to say was one of my former heroes. And now yeah. I cringe at saying that. But this is what the level of deception will do to you is that. And that's why it frustrates me when I see stuff like this with Pagani and other people is yeah. that I hear them make com comments about seminaries saying, oh, there's cemeteries and all these people, they have all their uh, heads full of information and knowledge, but they don't have the Holy Spirit and going on and on. But yet right. they want to take these titles 
so that right. they can <clears throat> so that they can have credibility and that they can look like that they are more esteemed and i just find that hip, to be hypocritical right. so um, i was i was trying to think of uh, a, a term to, to to use better than this but i don't think i can find anything they like to poo poo on our educational system yeah. <laughs> but but then they turn around and uh claim that they've received a doctor of divinity or now a uh, pagani has received a second so um we're bringing up pagani because this was what alerted me to Right. The whole scenario and Alexander Pagani. So I guess we haven't really quite said what happened, have we? No. So I'm going to play yet, a, a reel. That God bless you, sir. All right. And I, I want to read this real quick um, from the caption, and and this is from the research that you did, and you did a good, a great job in yeah. doing the research. So, in the caption on the Instagram reel that you see um, on Alexander Pagani's social media, he has this attached to the reel. It says, "By God's grace, I've been in ministry since 1995, saved in 1992, been all over the world teaching deliverance, completed five years of biblical seminary, appeared on every Christian television network, prophesied to kings in Africa, ministered deliverance to celebrities, birthed multiple churches, a multitude of churches, ordained many in the fivefold, held mass deliverance at Princeton University, currently oversee 14 churches, wrote two best-selling books, the famous Spiritual Warfare Bible is being revised with revelations, from both my books, been featured in two Christian motion pictures, etc. Online ministry is the least of what I do. Why am I saying all this? Because, of course, I'm going to say yes when offered my first real accredited honorary doctorate in theology. To God be the glory. Thank you. Next Dimension University. And um, I, I just want to note this, too. This was on September 9th of this year, of 2023. Uh, Pagani was given an honorary doctorate from this university, uh, in Ontario, California, and um, you've just seen the clip of of what this entailed. He and his wife both apparently received um, received honorary doctorates. Um, you had noted in the comments on this reel that uh, he was called an apostle fifteen times in the comments, uh, which yep. I'm not surprised by that. And, and not just that, but the doctor apostle. Yes. He was also named doctor apostle. So I'll, I want to point that out later yes. as we go. And he uh, is also called a prophet one time. Um, I know Isaiah Saldivar has noted him as being a true apostle. Um, mm -hmm. And so I wanted to to talk a little bit about this. Um, I, I noticed in one of the posts under this particular university that they offer private ceremonies at the discretion of the honoree, as well as public ceremonies to provide a, a quote, dignified gift to someone you truly honor. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, way to word that, whether it was your pastor or uh, it's just really bizarre. Some of the things that the they language, said. the language is very peculiar. And and if you go to like next to next dimension university's website, the language, even in their uh, academic program, they do have just to give them some credit to give them benefit of the doubt. They do have an academic program um, for a doc, for a doctor, doctoral degrees. However, this is an honorary doctorate. So let me, can I uh, just kind of break that down for a minute? Please do. Um, an honorary doctorate is a non-academic degree. 
That means no one has done any academic work for the degree. Secondly, um, in this, uh, you know, you see Pagani um, receiving his degree. Uh, an honorary degree is something that a guest to that university, typically the uh, guest speaker, the speaker of the commencement ceremonies. I'll give you an example. I was, I graduated from Columbia International University when Johnny Erickson Tata received an honorary degree from that institution. It was the first one that was awarded in 75 years of that school's history. Wow. It was a very special moment. And now I'm very dear and, and close to the ministry of Johnny Erickson Tata because of our daughter being born with Down syndrome. And, and mm. I've just been blessed incredibly by her ministry. But she received that degree and she was the, uh, the, uh, did the, made the address at the commencement. That is a typical way an, a, a, an honorary degree is awarded. Um, that this uh, ceremony, um, 80 people received honorary degrees, honorary doctoral degrees, doctor of divinity. Secondly, typically an, a, a doctor of divinity is not awarded. It's called a doctor of letters. So Johnny Erickson Tata, when she received that degree, she received a, a doctor of letters. And I went to go confirm that on her uh, Wikipedia page. She received a doctor of letters, not a doctor of divinity. It's a, it's a honorary degree. It is not an academic degree. So when Pagani says on his website here that he received um, uh, an honor, a real accredited honorary, he wanted to make sure he wanted to make sure that as a real accredited honorary doctorate in theology. Um, I'm just sorry, but no one would say that. No one would claim who's received an honorary doctorate uh, qualify that by saying I've got a I've received a real honorary, a real accredited degree from an honorary school. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So, same thing goes with the 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 title itself. In the following posts and in all preceding posts from all those people, it's real easy to find. Just kind of I just followed the the, the breadcrumb trail, as it were, and. Um, he used, he lets himself be called doctor and he calls and other people who received that degree also let themselves be called doctors. That is uh, very ethically uh, questionable in the academic field. You never are allowed to uh, uh, pre-nominally before the name use the, the title doctor without a qualifying uh, explanation. Dr. H-O-N in parentheses or D-L-D, uh, doctor of letters or something like that to qualify that you did not earn an academic degree. So if this is an honorary degree, he should not claim the title doctor or allow people to call him doctor of anything. Uh, now we've come to know that come to come to my attention uh, in the last days, he's received another doctorate in the same month. So from uh, Pentecost's uh, something you, uh, Pentecostal Theological University, he's received a second a doctorate, not an honorary one this time. And they said in, uh, or he said in that post on Instagram as well, it's findable there, that he received the honorary do a doctorate. This was actually an earned doctorate, according to him, um, because of his books. They accepted his uh, uh official transcripts from a seminary that he went to before, which I think you've dealt with. Uh, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it's a legitimate school either. Um, you followed the accreditation trail breadcrumbs then. And, um, 
He received a doctorate in theology. Uh, thank you, Pentecostal Theological University. This is our second doctorate in the month. One honorary, the other earned. So he says he earned this one. And they the way he was able to earn this one, let me tell you, let's break this down. Uh, Don, this, this will blow your mind. Um, he earned this one by, they accepted his previous books as dissertation material. Now, that would never be done. I, I'm a student right now in a PhD program, and you cannot, schools cannot accept previous written work for current degrees. Um, and I tried, actually, <laughs> because I'd <laughs> written this book before. I'm like, hey, save some work. You know, if they can accept something for any kind of credit at all, why yeah. not? But they do not, and you cannot, and you should not. Now, you can write stuff like, for instance, I just wrote this article for the World Evangelical Alliance. I can use previous material. I can publish that somewhere else, another language maybe, but you cannot receive credit for previous work done for an academic degree. That's unethical. So just to uh, kind of lay out what's happened with Alexander Pagani, and that's what put me onto it because it's a case study for me in how the new apostolic reformation does and, and other, you know, uh, let's say um, uh, prosperity gospel um, word of faith background type movements do their education. They get uh, together a uh, university and they find spurious academic uh, accrediting institutions that are not recognized by the department of education in the United States. Now this is the United States I'm talking about. So other um, institutions for other countries. I don't know those laws as much, but yeah. So that's a little, little bit of a <laughs> framing the whole discussion. That's very interesting. And the fact that, I mean, even when you think about, like I said, the time it takes to get a doctorate and then you're hearing someone say, oh, I got two doctorates within a month. <laughs> right. Well, um, maybe he'd done work beforehand, but yeah, it's it, it can't be accurate in that sense. And the way he got this most recent one yeah. with the work of his book, no honest institution would receive uh, for doctoral dissertation work, previous books written. It, it, it just is not done. Mm. Um, I know that you had done some research and in looking into the, the use of the accrediting agencies, which I had, um, right. I had dipped my toe in that a little bit when I looked into <laughs> this, because there is a website you can go to and I'll, I'll post the link to it in the description that actually alerts you to the different um, accrediting right. agencies that are um, concerning as far as them being legitimate. And um, you had noticed that about um, that there were, there were some, uh, the use of the accrediting agencies that are flagged on some of these sites um, right. and that they're questionable. So meaning when I say questionable for those listening, that means that they are usually affiliated with diploma mills. I mean, this is right. that that's the thing is that they'll try to use these accrediting agencies. They'll pay to be a part of them in order to make themselves legitimate. So with the diploma mills, um, I know with uh, their addresses, a lot of times when you trace these diploma mills back, they're just in office buildings. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're not even legitimate campuses. Um, I and traced then, one. I traced one back to a four square church. Um, so I just went and copied and pasted the address yeah. and um, I went to Google, uh, Google uh, street view. Oh, look, that's a four square church. And the address is right there. And it was a four square church. Um, you know, so interesting. You contacted that, uh, that particular church, didn't you? Can you tell us I about did. what happened with that? 
Yeah, I did. I got, I contacted them and, um, I, I just left a message and said, I'm willing to talk with whoever, um, call me back. And so the president of that accrediting agency called me back and, uh, um, it was interesting to say the least. Uh, he, uh, he threatened me right away with suit with, uh, with, you know, he said, what you've said, what you've left on the message is actionable. So I didn't make any public statement about them. I have, and I'm not going to say it in this podcast here, uh, what, which one it was. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he said that what, you, what you've left on the message here is actionable. Uh, that's a threat of suit. Um, it's interesting. He couldn't sue me for a message I left on a, on an answer machine. That's, I mean, that, there's no, there's no, that's spurious, at least frivolous. It's a best. scare tactic. It's a scare tactic. And <laughs> yeah. so we, we talked for quite a bit and um, I, I can tell you more about the details of that, but uh, they used, for instance, uh, so let, let me clear one thing up first. Um, you you mentioned the institution are degree mills. So a degree mill would be, you know, an institution that claims to be a college, right? Right. And then right. over them would be accrediting agencies that accredit them or let's say accredit them in air quotes. Um, to to allow them to be um, acknowledged in some way. Um, an accrediting agency ought to be uh, recognized, at least, by the Department of Education. The U.S. Department of Education has even a website where you can just, accrediting in the United States, you can search institutions. It's a search bar. It's so easy. So you know the institution that you're looking for or the accrediting agency that you're looking for. You can search it in the Department of Education and see if the institution's accrediting agency is uh, legitimate or recognize it. They can be legitimate. They can be an actual entity, but they're not recognized by the Department of Education as an official accrediting agency. So does that make sense? There's there's mm -hmm. institutions, schools, usually a church in the NAR and these degree mill type places there, churches ministry schools, et cetera, and so forth. Um, fire ministry school, I'm just going to say, okay, I bet there is one. I, yeah. I don't know. The fire ministry school in Tacoma, Washington. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> guessing, but um, there probably is something like that somewhere. And uh, they're the school, but they're accredited by International Institute of Accrediting uh, Ministries International. You know, I'm just making it up, right? So they're the accrediting agency that has just been formed to accredit um, these agencies, the, the person I talked to on the phone, he said they accredit a thousand institutions, the accrediting agency for my current school accredits 100 institutions. And wow. I can, um, can hardly imagine that they can keep track of that. Right. Um, so the accrediting agency, I, it's just, it blew my mind. I can believe it a thousand. And they only listed on their website, 260 official schools that they accredit. So a hmm. thousand institutions are accredited through this organization run out of a small um four square church anyways i just uh questioned the legitimacy of it uh, from the beginning and they are listed the, these and actually i looked at pagani's most recent degree um and from pentecostal theological university and their institution their accrediting institution is also on the list that you unearthed a while ago fake colleges and accrediting agencies i just looked in that today yeah, it just took me a few clicks, honestly. So um, all that to say, uh, these accrediting agencies are definitely uh, spurious in in some way or another, and uh, illegitimate, um, for the most part. Now, 
they're legitimately organizations and they definitely accredit those schools, but you're not receiving a degree that is has the rigor behind it of the U.S. Department of Education checking to make sure that you get a rigorous academic degree. Does that make sense? So yeah. the, the Department of Education is not our enemy. They're just trying to make sure that your degree that you get is rigorous. It's academically astute. It's 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 powerful. It has the an, an academic substance to it. And you're not writing a 65-page paper for your doctoral dissertation. Um, yeah. Mine has to be minimum 30, 350 pages. So, you know, uh, my my proposal with two chapters in it was 127 pages. So, um, you know, you get the idea. Um, I think that, that I just wanted to clear that up that there are institutions, academic institutions that do award degrees and the 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 academic accrediting agencies that 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 uh, oversee them, they do offer them accreditation, but it's not for many of these NAR uh, degree mills not uh, backed up by the U.S. Department of Education. Yeah, that's like me getting an honorary um, doctorate in veterinary medicine. Um, I don't know how many of my clients would have liked me walking in and saying, well, you know, I got this honorary doctorate um, and I'm not really a veterinarian, but um, I have an honor. It's it's an honorary one, so I can still use it, though, um, because of even with that, you know, I had to have training, surgical training and uh, yeah. different things. And um, I don't and want you cutting my dog open with an honorary. Degree. No, uh -uh. no. Or or uh, taking care of your uh, pet that has diabetic ketoacidosis and you not knowing what the proper things to do are. I don't even in, know what that is <laughs> in a life threatening situation. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, the whole thing is, is just very um, interesting to me, to say the least, especially, again, I, I go back to the whole thing of there's such a focus on the titles that that's really used to make people yeah. look that they are more legitimate, legitimate. Um, or exactly. more authentic than they really are. Because if they put doctor in front of their name, then that also, that almost lends some credibility or a, a respect in a way that when you have right. that title um, and that, that's and, what bothers and, me is, and it's, and that's what bothers me too. Actually, it bothers me too, that they, they add legitimacy to their name, but then all the while previously in previous, whatever episodes of their podcast, they poo on uh, biblical academic and theological education or they're religious. They got the spirit of religion or they're right. Pharisees. Um, right. And so, Th th those who study and, and give uh, strenuous effort to understanding the scriptures um, in, a, in a deep and, 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 and clear way, they call us Pharisees or, or um, they get in the, into sort of name call it and then turn around and say, well, look, I got a doctor of divinity, an honorary doctor of divinity. And you're like, well, wait, um, which is it? You know, but it gives them, it legitimizes their ministry and, and uh, these yeah, so I, honestly, sort of, I actually feel bad for Pagani. I, I don't know if he's aware um, that this is not a, a academic practice to actually, if you get an honorary title, to not use the doctor in front of your name. It's not academic practice, right. um, and it's misleading. And schools actually say they should refrain from adopting the misleading title of doctor in front of their name without the qualifier honor honorary in in in, in uh, parentheses or um, doctor of letters um, or honoris causa is what some people put HC in parentheses before. So um, 
yeah, this is not an accepted practice to use. And he has done it himself. So if people would say, well, he didn't name himself a doctor, that's not accurate. He did it himself in previous posts and, and following posts, finally a doctor and then Dr. Pagani. And he posted uh, things calling himself a doctor. So um, that's not ethical to say the least. Yeah. You had shared a, a photo of uh, one of the things you had found, I guess, on one of the social media things for that Next Dimension University. And I wanted to talk right. about that for just a minute. Um, they they made a point of listing out their, they called them, um, uh, I can't remember how they worded it. They used a word I had never even oh, heard yeah. of before. They were basically their foundational Foundation beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, they listed 10 of these. I'm just going to read them off real quick. And I wanted to yeah. highlight this because I, I find this important because it, it is tied to new apostolic reformation, in my opinion. Right. Um, and some of these, I would agree with them on some of the, the points they made, not all right, of them, right. but there are some of them that I would, such as the divinity of Christ um biblical inerrancy or literacy which i find that yeah, ironic yeah. um <laughs> for for a reason i'll say in a minute but they list these as their foundational beliefs salvation for all baptism in the holy spirit divine yeah, healing yeah. is for today i do not agree with uh so far i'm not coming to agreement uh second coming of christ i do agree with that biblical inerrancy literacy yeah, yeah. divinity of jesus the virgin birth resurrection his return heaven for the saints hell for the sinners and disobedient misleading and unrepentant leaders will be punished and number 10 fivefold governmental officers are still relevant in these end times and this is what the one that really caught my attention too yep. along with the others but um some of their posts um stated things as well some of, such as the scholars are coming to build campus heaven uh, right. the college is stamping out biblical illiteracy right. um, and so my point in bringing that up is just because of their foundational beliefs, but the last one, they, they are driving the point home that they believe in the fivefold ministry as far as apostles and prophets today would be my, uh, would be my assumption anyway, that they yeah, believe yeah. that they are here today and that they're necessary as far as the church functioning as it should. Um, and I know in the NAR, they drive the point home of the Great Commission cannot go forth without... Right. Uh, modern day apostles and prophets. And um, I, I just found that interesting because um, it, I, I take the viewpoint now as someone who used to hold to that type of belief um, that in order for you to believe that there are modern day apostles today with governing authority, you're denying yeah, yeah. the sufficiency of scripture because if we need new revelation today, then then the bible is not sufficient it's not sola scriptura as what they would say um right, right. that would be my argument anyway and, and that's coming from someone that's not a bible scholar i'm uh, i'm merely someone that does part personal bible study and listens to solid biblical teaching um so i wanted to get your thoughts on that because it just it, it stood out to me when they mentioned that and and i really kind of got this the sense from that of some of the other ones i'd looked into there there seemed to be this undertone of that type of belief system yeah for sure now this is uh just a, a clarification this is the uh degree awarding institution i'm going to call it that i'm not going to call it a school um that pagani received his honorary doctorate from uh and uh so they have this stand up that, that says they're foundational of 
<laughs> that's funny. I just, I'm noticing that fundamental beliefs. Yeah. So I, I could not remember the word because it bothered me to put it down. I thought that's not a word. <laughs> I just, I, you got me that I, I, I'm not usually surprised, but that that's surprising. So the foundational and fundamental, I guess, mashed into one uh, yeah. non-word. I don't know. That's not a word. Uh, the fundamental, <laughs> the fundamental beliefs of this institution and there's like uh, 10 things there and the fivefold ministry notice, the biblical inerrancy you notice. I mean, like that's uh, ironic and uh, rich for sure. Um, and then baptism, of the Holy ghost, uh, of course they're, um, they're talking about a second work. I'm sure um, we are all baptized in the Holy spirit on the day we trust Christ um, uh, and, we, and don't need a second work of grace or a second baptism, you and I are baptized, sealed until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, so just clarifying that. And then, um, then uh, number 10 is fivefold governmental, uh, actually, this is interesting, they don't say governmental, the fivefold no. governatorial offices yeah. Yeah. are still relevant in these end times. Uh, that's not a word, governatorial either. <laughs> no, it's so, not. <laughs> uh, so that's why I'm saying it's so it's so strange. This this university and other universities, if you just look sort of at the list of of some of these schools that you know. So if I, I followed the trail. I went to the accrediting institution, then I looked at some of the schools that this accredited that this university got accredited by, and the the language is just not um, English. I'm going to say so. Anyways, um, I, they mean the fivefold governmental offices are still relevant in these end times. Um, and, and what just coming, you're right. Uh, what are what does the apostle and prophet do? Um, the apostle and prophet gives revelation. And so if revelation is sealed in the canon, then they don't believe in biblical inerrancy because, uh, the, the Bible still has, is still being filled out with these new apostles and prophets revelation. Secondly, the fivefold ministry the fivefold governor governmental offices i'm, I'm looking at governatorial <laughs> and it's messing me up the fivefold governmental offices um was a um a restorationist movement in the latter mm -hmm. the new order of the latter reign yep. and uh the new order of the latter reign uh said that the office of apostle and prophet is has been restored or is being restored and you'll hear that kind of consistently in the nar as well the office of apostle is being restored. Um, uh, actually, uh, Chris Valentin, uh, apostle at, at Bethel, said he had an encounter with Jesus Christ for several hours, and the, Jesus said, we're moving away from denominationalism to apostleships, and that the office of apostle is being restored. So you'll hear that quite a bit. And uh, that is, that's directly from the New Order of the Latter Rain. The New Order of the Latter Rain was as well, in the so the uh, late forties, early fifties and the uh, assemblies of God denomination, the largest uh, charismatic denomination in the world condemned the new order of the latter rain and its major tenets, including that the office of apostle and prophet is necessary for God's end times. So this right. is interesting. They yeah. actually in, in this, in this uh, number 10, the fivefold governatorial officers, non-English words are still relevant in these end times. And uh, the, that is a condemned as aberrant and as deviant, actually, in the statement by the Assemblies of God. Um, I believe that the statement that is written was um, End Time Spirit-Led Revival or something to that effect, published by the AOG. Um, I'm sorry, no, that, that's a different one. Um, in, the, in the 
forties, the fifties, the late fifties, the AOG published a, um, their, their year, um, their year convention. And they dealt with the new order of the latter rain and condemned yeah. the, the necessity for apostles and prophets. So, um, all that to say, yeah, this is NAR that their fundamental beliefs, um, <laughs> put them squarely in the camp of the NAR, um, especially for the governatorial. <laughs> you're you're going to make me laugh all day long. About that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I put that in the word document and I thought that's not a word. That's like, not a word. So... <laughs> no. so, but it's on their stand. So I guess it's a word. I mean, it's a, it's a stand up. Yeah. you know, it's a picture yeah. of one of the graduates by a stand up with their fundamental beliefs on it. So that's hilarious. My goodness. Um, we had um, we had talked a little bit about or mentioned at the beginning, and I wanted to to talk to you about this because you had said that you've had people reach out to you, and I'm sure there are people watching this that have uh, children or there have they have children that are getting ready to consider going to college, and some of these people, um, their their kids may be contemplating going to BSSM or IHOP or um, any other supernatural school of ministry because they're all over the place. Um, yeah. And they're getting more prevalent and because people, the younger people are being drawn in between the worship and the supernatural encounters and um, the yeah. experiences and um, some of them have a sincere desire to grow closer to God, but th there's major deception that goes on in these types of teachings because they're basically recruiting these young people and they're um they're indoctrinating them i'm i'm just going to say yeah. it they're indoctrinating them with teachings and beliefs that are are, are aberrant that are drawing them yeah. away from the truth of scripture and essentially that that the gospel is just not sufficient that scripture is not sufficient that that the work of jesus christ on the cross is not sufficient and saint the work of sanctification in your life by the holy spirit yeah. is not sufficient um and you said you've had some people reach out to you about about that, about, you know, my, my child is wanting to consider going to BSSM or IHOP or others. What, what kind of wisdom um, would you, how would you answer that question? What kind of wisdom would you give to those parents or any insight that would be helpful to that? Super. That's a great question. Um, so uh, f first of all, uh, I've looked into the curriculum of BSSM um, in depth um, they do not study the Bible. So if you want your child to go to a Bible, Bible school, or if, if your child is interested in going to a Bible school, Hey mom and dad, I want to go to a Bible college. I'm really interested in, in studying for ministry or something like that. They are not studying the Bible at BSSM. You're not getting exegesis exposition. You're not learning hermeneutics. And those are just fancy words of understanding how to interpret the Bible and the science of interpretation and the science of uh, exegeting the Bible, uh, understanding the Bible, being able to preach it and, uh, uh, and, and give it to people in an understandable form. So, um, they're not studying the Bible. They're not no old Testament, no new Testament. I mean, literally, um, it's God's generals and all of Bill Johnson's books and Chris Valentin's books. You're, you're meant to read all the biographies of all the, sorry, can I say crazy lunatics, um, of past revivals? Um, I had to read that for my Bible college. Yeah. I had to read so, Robert Slairdon's book. Yeah. God's generals is, is fantasy. It's, it's uh, science yeah. fiction. Um, so those things are, w w they're confirmed uh, that they, that they are written by their friends. Um, kind of like the book of Mormon, you know, um, 
you know, that Joseph Smith, if you look at the beginning of the Joseph Smith, uh, the, the Book of Mormon, all his family were eyewitnesses to um, him getting the golden tablets and stuff like this. Huh. So anyways, that's a side note. But um, so th they're, they're not studying the Bible at these institutions, um, the BSSM, IHOP, other places like that, that say they're not accredited. So they're not getting an accredited degree. They're getting a certificate at the end that's worthless. I mean, so you're paying... First of all, you're paying three or four or five thousand. I think Bethel's is five thousand a semester or a year. I'm not sure exactly, but that's not a lot of money, actually. So they people give them guff for having that much money. That's not a lot of money um, for for a, for an academic degree, but it's not academic. You're not paying for anything in the end. You don't have a if you do all three years at Bethel, you don't have a an academic degree that can be recognized for anything anywhere. And right. and. and some schools actually in Germany here are are taking on and accepting some of their credits. I don't know why or how, because it's not academically rigorous at all. It's it's basically experiential. Go out on and do um, and do treasure hunts, looking for people from Starbucks or looking for the Starbucks logo, um, people with crutches and a purple shirt. You know, um, so that's what they. That's really what they do. I mean, I'm not making it up. So yeah. um, that's BSSM. Then for just general schools, you know, you think like, oh, this church has my buddy, my, my, my child has a friend who goes to this church and they have a, a ministry institute or something like that. And they call it the Fire Supernatural School of Bible. Um, and uh, there's no fire there and there's no Bible there. Um, so you, you have these schools. And so what you want to do is you want to go to their website, get that, inst get at the institution, look at it really in, de in depth, go to the bottom of you know about us or wherever uh, to their accrediting agency and then go and look up their accrediting agency and then go to the u.s department of education's website and look up accreditation in the united states you can actually just type your institution or i mean sorry your accrediting institution for the school you're looking at into their search bar and see if it's accredited um and then secondly look at all these little pointers like we just found this uh stand up with this university's fundamental beliefs on it and there are keys that you can see right away right there um on those those documents go to their website if it looks fishy it is fishy um you know yeah. and so i compared a few institutional websites um you know to see okay is this really fishy you know um, and, and I held even my own school's institution um, uh, website up to others. And I just pulled up, you know, even today, this one that Pagani got another uh, doctoral de degree from Pentecostal Theological University. I mean, you can tell like right away, it's fishy. <laughs> I mean, on, pay, yeah. on, on, on the homepage. So that's my, you know, talk with your child. Um, talk in depth with them. I warned, you know, so go get, go get it wisdom and advice from somebody as well. So one person recent, uh, it's been not recent. It's been a couple of years ago. Now, uh, their daughter wanted to go to IHOP and they were friends of mine. And, and, uh, they said they were interested in going to IHOP, um, for their Bible school or school of ministry. I can't, I don't remember what it's called. IHOP U it's called IHOP U uh, international house of prayer university for the, for your listeners. Um, and, I said, whatever you do, do not let her go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was in the most uncertain terms. I said, do not let her go. He came back and he said, Richard, thank you so much. Um, I told my daughter, you're not going. And she said, thank you. Like, I just needed some guidance, you know? And then they talked about why and what, what's there, you know? 
all that stuff. And she said, I just needed someone to tell me, give me guidance that they're, and they had a really loving, caring father daughter relationship, but that's, that's what your children need. They need guidance. They need you to talk to them. They need you to, to work with them. Hey, dad, this is an interesting school. Can you look at it for me? Or, Hey, what schools are you thinking about? Be in dialogue with your child. Who's a junior and senior and, and, and talk to them about what their plans are really talk through these things. So uh, I don't know if that helps. I, I hope it helps. Talk to them, pray with them, pray, pray through these, especially if they're thinking about Bible college and, and, and go to those, you know, go to those really uh, well-known and, and uh, you know, diligently preserved institutions in our country. Like the United States has a great history of Bible schools, seminaries, and higher education for, for biblical training and theological training. So go look at those institutions first and then see where that leads you, you know, go to those accredited, well-known and uh, uh, you know, schools. And, and then you'll see what, what, what God, how God leads. So hope that helps. I think that's very helpful. Um, I've heard stories of people that are, have gone to some of these others and it doesn't happen all the time, but I've heard of people that the, that the kids will actually, um, separate from the parents they yeah. they because if the parents don't agree with what yeah. they're being taught there then it's almost as if they're being told and indoctrinated um that well you know they just they don't have the holy spirit like you do or you need to be very cautious because they can have a religious spirit and you don't want them to quench the holy spirit and there have been testimonies of people that have separated their children have um, estranged from their parents or distanced themselves from their parents and because of the very teachings that they're sitting under um and i and i think that that's something to definitely be aware of is that when i, when I got involved in this movement i was um i was in my early 20s yeah and when you're young not to say that you can't be influenced uh, in a deceptive way as you get older, because you certainly can be. But when you're young like that, you're very um, influenced. You can be very influenced and uh, molded into yeah. what you believe Christianity should be or your walk with God. And I wasn't... Um, I had heard the gospel when I was 21 years old. I was not raised in a Christian home, did not yeah. attend church. And so um, even then I, I heard the gospel and whether or not, you know, there's a whole debate, uh, there's a whole debate and question of, are you a false convert uh, in this movement? Are you truly saved? You know, trying to work through those things as you're going through and all the things, all the deception that I was involved in and coming to the peace of understanding God saved me out of this. I, mm. I, I'm, I'm a new creation. I, I know that I've heard his gospel. I know that, um, that he had mercy on me and he granted mm. me repentance. And so those are the things that I think of. Um, but I, I do know that people that are in their younger, their teens and their twenties, um, even my children, that's the one thing, just a side note, I'm very thankful to be out of this movement because my daughter was three when we left. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think now my children are not going to be subjected to this. And I know the things to, to look mm -hmm. for, and I want them to be under solid biblical teaching. And I want them to hear the gospel and, and know that I can't save them, but I want to, to, um, 
share with them the things that are biblical truth and for them to sit under sound biblical teaching and to understand the the majesty and the glory of God's word and that um, you don't need a supernatural experience in order to validate you as a, as a born again believer as far as you having a goosebump or some manifestation happening. Yeah. And I, I'm saying all that to say that when you're younger, you're very much um, pliable and easily yeah. influenced by things. And I think even when I look back in my 20s, when I was part of this, um, there was so much because I wasn't rooted in biblical Christianity. And I immediately jumped into a church that was word yeah. of faith, hyper charismatic, and then nice. morphing into new apostolic reformation. And I did not have that foundation under me to recognize truth from error. And so I think when you're young like that, if you don't have parents that are involved right. um, and annoyingly involved in your life and making sure that you're not going down the wrong path and they're speaking into your life as far as what the truth of scripture is, then you can be led astray by every wind of doctrine. And, and I think that some of these leaders know this with these young people, that they are very influ easily influenced and, le and led into these things because they'll, be, uh, they'll have zeal but no knowledge. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to yeah. offer that up because I think about my time in it, and, and it was in my early 20s when I came into this movement, and it was just I, I gravitated towards yeah supernatural experiences and wanting to hear the voice of God for myself and then being told I was a prophet and believing I was a prophet and okay. having my writings picked up and all this stuff and um, okay. it, just all the things that I think that that are so distracting and you get so um, honed in on those things and you believe that's what Christianity is yep. until you begin to see the truth. Um, so I didn't know yeah. if you had anything to offer on that. I know that we're getting ready to yeah. wrap our time up, but I, no, that, that was just something I wanted sense. to offer. Uh, up no, to, that makes lots thought. of sense. I, I actually have a quite a, a little bit of a theory on that. There are more, I'll give you for instance, of that exact thing. There are more, Bill Johnson has claimed there are more students that go from Germany uh, to BSSM than any other nationality. He said that here in Germany a few years ago. I don't know if wow. it's still accurate, but that was in uh, 19, maybe uh, 2019, 20. And uh, I, I believe him. And I've got a theory on that. You've got, um, and it applies to American culture too, and I'll, I'll make the connection, but you've got, uh, Germany is not a loveless culture, um, but it's very direct, mm. <laughs> you know? So uh, look, people obviously love each other and they're caring and kind, but but there is, uh, for instance, there's a saying in German, no complaining is uh, praise enough. So um, if you don't complain, um, then that's enough praise uh, that we're, you're, that's the only praise you're going to get, you know? So, and they think we're, as Americans, we're ridiculous because we give a, a, a participation trophy to everybody, you know? <laughs> um, and it's, well, it is. well it, I would agree with that. I, I... It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of true. So, uh, but uh, you know, th there's sort of a loveless section of, 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 of part of this German cult, this German experience here. Yeah. So they go, they hear about this BSSM thing where they're just, love you and they you know and then you get into a maybe a, a group or something that prophesies over and you say then they they tell you all the things about your life and you're like whoa what is going this is and then you go to bssm you say you know i'm gonna try it the music is so awesome the the, the atmosphere is so great and you go over there and then you get love bombed prophecy love bombed for the first six months you're there right i mean yeah. you know what i'm talking about oh yeah you get yeah. prophecy love bombed and you're like 
whoa, I mean, literally, you know, mind blown. And you, you get into it. It's like so crazy. It's speaking so deeply to that, that praiseless part of your life, or let's take it to the American culture. How many people are growing up with fatherlessness in their lives? How many people are, have no fathers in their lives? The mother's there, but there's no masculine praise. And there comes Bill Johnson, an apostle, Chris Valentin, a prophet. And, and they've got a lot of other great men staff there that just love bomb you with, um, with their, with their prophecies and it speaks and there's a lot of ladies going. I mean, this is a huge movement for women. Um, and, and that speaks to those deep seated needs, mm-hmm. um, that are not getting met. So you're right on the money and, and they're, and they're sucking in young people with that. I think that that is such an important thing to, to be aware of, especially with the draw of the young people, um, mm-hmm. that they're, they're trying to draw the young people in. There's always been this talk of the last generation. Uh, this is the last generation that's going to see the move of God. Yeah. The young generation is going to see the greatest move of God ever. And I think that that draws people and they want to have some uh, significance in their life. Yeah. And, and so that is appealing. Um, there's one last thing I wanted to ask you about, and uh, yeah. you had mentioned this in our discussion about it. And I thought that this was a very interesting point coming full, coming back to the, our uh, topic at hand of um, these uh, questionable Bible college credentials and honorary doctorates. You had mentioned something that um, kind of uh, similar to it um, that correlates of the a stolen valor that you see in oh, the yeah. military. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wanted to to ask you about that and get your input as far as what you've been observing from that when you look into some of these these things. Right. So interesting. Um, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with the idea of stolen valor. Stolen valor uh, in the world, uh, the military world, is um, is a federal crime to fraudulently claim to be recipient of military decorations, medals, or rank uh, belonging to the military in any way. In order to obtain money, decorations, uh, money, um, property, or other tangible benefits. Um, So, for instance, if I wanted to be a little more legitimate, I could go get my father's lieutenant colonel out uh, brass and put it on a military uniform I got from the Army-Navy store and go try to get um, some kind of a job, say, because I was lieutenant colonel in the Army. That's stolen valor. It's illegal. It's... um, uh, the uh, act of 2013 is a federal crime to steal or pretend you have any kind of accolades or accommodations uh, in, in the military. So hmm. a bronze star, if you found a bronze star in an army Navy store, my dad has a bronze star. He earned it. If you wear that bronze, if I were to wear that bronze star, it would be stolen valor. Hmm. And um, so this is what's sort of what's happening in this movement. So Alexander Pagani has received an honorary doctorate to legitimize his ministry, to bolster him up, to buoy him up in his ministry. Although he poo-poos on education and and uh, seminary degrees and all the like, um, he has used this to buoy his reputation. And you can see it in the comments. People are just clapping and applauding. And whether or not he gets any kind of tangible benefit is not you know, really readily seen, but he certainly is working it hard to try to get some tangible benefit for himself. So um, it's not the same as stolen valor, but it is. It's stolen educational credential that you have not earned. Um, and so um, in academia, this is very, very frowned upon to to put the doctor in front of your name um, when you have not earned that degree. 
Um, I can't put that DR in front of my name or PhD in front of my name until my dissertation has been approved and I defend it and I graduate. Um, so, you know, um, any of these institutions as well. And I, I thought about this the other day too. Wait a minute. Now, if someone is going to a, to a, to like an online school or, or um, trying to send 500 bucks to get a degree, um, that's actually mail fraud, mail and wire fraud. So I know, I, I know a friend whose father was actually about to be convicted of, of uh, mail fraud because he set up a company that did not really exist or was providing a spurious product was not actually the product that was promised. And he was uh, soliciting funds to people to send money, 1,500, whatever, to his PO box that he set up with this company, this shell company. And um, they didn't provide a product that was real or that if we, was- If we, if these organizations um, ask for money and then send a degree that is not accredited as they promise, maybe they promise an accreditation, but it's accredited by a uh, organization that's not recognized by the Department of Education, then you have received a product that's not as promised or not as billed, so to speak. And that could be on the uh, the verge of mail fraud. Now, I know um, that's also a federal crime. Um, and so I know organizations and the government are looking into um, spurious organizations like this who are sending out degree mills, you know, that are really pumping them out. You send in 500 bucks and you, they send you a degree. Um, I don't think that's what's happening here necessarily with, with, with Pagani's uh, degree, but right. he was asked to give an honorary degree, doctoral degree to him because of the two books that he wrote or well, it was one, I think only anyways. He just um, came out with a second one about generational right. curses. Yeah. Right. Generational curses, which was also condemned by, by the assemblies of God as a deviant practice in 2006, I think. So generational curses um, are, yeah, fraudulent as well. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to say that on, on camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a, that is not a biblical idea whatsoever. Jesus took the curse of the law for us. Cursed is everything that hangs from a tree. Jesus took the curse. That's the only curse that exists, the curse Amen. of the law. Yep. So anyways, <laughs> um, and I wanted to say this too. You know, I, I was thinking about Acts 5 when uh, with, with Ananias and Sapphira. And I, I actually, let's say this. I'll say this as strong as I can. Ananias um, was asked by Peter, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And then he fell down dead. Yeah. He had, what, what was Ananias, what were Ananias and Sapphira doing? Were they legitimately able to sell a part of the uh, the property and give a part of the proceeds to the apostles? Certainly. What were they trying to do? They were trying to bolster their reputation. Right. They were trying to bolster them being visible in the community as very generous because generosity was a, a big value in the early church community. And they lied to the Holy Spirit. And that's what's happening here. People are claiming credentials that they do not have to bolster their reputation. To claim to be a doctor when you've only received an honorary doctorate is deeply unethical. And, and every institution, actually the 80 recipients who received the honorary doctorate should not call them doctor. And they did in their in the, in the ceremony even. And um, the academic institution itself is not acting ethically in this. 
and it's it's stolen Valorant to some degree, and maybe mail fraud. Someone needs to look into that. I don't know. I'm not a le legal expert. I don't know those things, but um, yeah. Um, so, and and furthermore, just to close up because I know you're we're closing up here. Uh, Increase Mather was a um, was the first person to receive an honorary doctorate in the New World, and this case is sometimes used to legitimize or to um, to validate the practice of giving out honorary doctorates like in these institutions. So uh, Increase Mather, he was a first person from Harvard University in 1692. He, rec he received a honorary doctorate in sacred theology. Um, this guy, though, had earned it. If you look at Increase Mather's writings, he wrote extensively. He was, a, 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 a you know, one of the one of the best theologians of his day uh polit he was even a politician um and so this is sometimes used his case is sometimes used to justify the um practice mm. of giving out honorary degrees like this but he was the only one who received the honorary degree at that ceremony i looked into harvard's uh files and 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 there uh, to see if i could f locate anyone who else had received an honorary doctorate at that um at that commencement yeah. and he was the only one actually it says in all the registers in all history he was the first one to receive a honorary doctorate at that time increase mather is is not uh, uh, able to be justified or uses a justification for giving out 80 doctoral uh, honorary doctorate degrees in one ceremony. I've been to a, several of these type of ceremonies, like I said, with Johnny Erickson Tata. She was the only one receiving that award. Yeah. Um, and she was the uh, she was giving the address, you know, and, and um, that's basically how it's done. Uh, by and large, it's done that way. So I'm going to say pretty with pretty big certainty, great, big certainty, let's say maybe 195% uh, certain that these degrees that were awarded in Pagani's uh, ceremony where he received his honorary doctorate are illegitimate. Uh, they're illegitimate because you only give one per ceremony. You don't give 80. And they make the uh, graduation address at the end. So uh, Increase Mather, uh, the, the the great theologian of the early 1600s who uh, founded Harvard, uh, is not, cannot be used as a justification for giving out 80 uh, honorary degrees or more than one, um, because he was the only one in that year who received one. And he was the very first one as well, uh, noticed in human in in in, in American history as being the very first uh, uh, honorary uh, degree recipient. So, sorry, lots of information. Um, I just want to get all that out there because I, it really bugs me. You know, as we say in the South, he got my goat. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, the bee in my bonnet. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was because I saw this guy receiving a, a doc, honorary doctorate, a spurious degree, of course, with 80 different recipients. Um and and that bothered me because there are people who are working hard to try to to sharpen their skills to become theologians who know the word, love the word, teach the right. word with great diligence, as Second Timothy two fifteen tells us: study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. These people are working hard at these institutions, myself included. <laughs> 
I'm working really hard, uh, finishing that dissertation proposal. Hopefully it's good. Um, and, um, we're doing this for the glory of God, for his kingdom, not for our own benefit, but then come along these degree mills and an academic accrediting institution that just push and pump people through to legitimize their ministries when yeah. they are illegitimate. I I really appreciate all the, the information that you shared. I think it was so helpful today. Um, and I like hearing the, the details of what you, because there are things I just, I didn't know about increased math or I didn't know about some of these yeah. things. And so I think that that has really provided some, some very helpful information. So I really appreciate you taking time to be on here. Um, I did want to ask, are there, is there any way, how can people get in contact with you or what kind of, um, what kind of yeah, podcasting sure. and, and things do you put out for, for information for people? Awesome. Yeah. Um, I do a podcast called Churchpreneurs. That's church and entrepreneur like jammed into one. Um, I'm able to be found on YouTube um, and any other podcast platform. Um, you can also uh, check out my book, Divergent Theology. I talk about uh, the theological underpinnings of the NAR. Um, where else could you? Oh, I, I if you do X, Twitter, I think is what it was called at one point. Uh, you can reach out to me there. I think I'm at Richard P more two, three. That's my handle. Um, and, uh, yeah, so reach out on one of those platforms. Love to talk with you. Love to hear if you have questions. I actually saw, so I was going to say about the parents, you know, if it went in doubt, reach out, you know, yeah. reach out to one of us. Uh, I think you can reach out on you on your podcast platform. Again, my podcast is church entrepreneurs, C H U R C H E P R E N E U R S. So. Well, I've enjoyed having you on today, and I hope that um, everybody that hears this episode finds it very helpful. And um, until next time, everyone, be blessed today by the truth of God's Word. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email me at dawn at lovesubscribe.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll consider leaving a five-star review and that you'll even share it with others who may benefit from the information provided. If you also like reading, you can subscribe to my blog at lovesixscribe.com, where I release weekly blogs that correlate with the podcast episodes. I've enjoyed our time together today, and I look forward to our next time together as we dive into biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.